The Kansas City Chiefs go back to back. They defeat the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 to in overtime in Super Bowl 58. We talk about that and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, your daily NFL podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher. I'm the host of Locked On Ravens and one of the many NFL experts here on our network. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for being here on Locked On NFL, making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes a video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your shows. Be sure to subscribe in video form. Hit that like button. really helps out. Bring more NFL fans to the show. And then also in audio form, wherever you get your shows, be sure to subscribe there. Follow along there as well. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most excited way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code lowercase locked on NFL for a first boss match up to $100. We are back here Monday. And this is the first week that we are going to be without football. Is yesterday the Kansas City Chiefs win? Again, they defeat the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl 25-22 in overtime. It was a really great game. It wasn't shaping up to be that way in the first half, but second half, overtime was incredible. Patrick Mahomes wins his third Super Bowl, and we're going to be talking about it all here today on the show. We're going to first talk with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs about the Chiefs and them being a dynasty. I mean, I don't think anybody can debate that anymore. Mahomes said it was the start of one, so we'll talk with Chris about the game, how it went, and the dynasty talk there. Now we'll move over with a winner. There is a loser. We'll talk with the 49ers and locked on 49ers, Brian Peacock, as we get into just what went wrong with San Francisco and how they can get back next season. Then I'll be taking you through the final part of the show, talking about some off-season storylines in 2024 and what to look forward to as we move into free agency, the draft, and all that fun stuff. So without any further ado, let's first get into our conversation with Chris Clark of Locked on Chiefs. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs did it again. Two straight back-to-back here for the Chiefs. They pull out a win in what turned out to be an absolutely incredible game in overtime, 25-22 to over the San Francisco 49ers. Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs is here to break everything down. And Chris, I first want to just know what you were going through. I mean, the first half was a little bit of a clunker, but then to get to the third quarter on into overtime, and that was one of the better Super Bowl finishes I think we've seen in a while. It was fantastic, and I think, man, it felt like my heart was pumping peanut butter. Um, just that game was crazy. And, you know, you watch the first half, and you look at it, and you're like, Kansas City's lucky they're only down a score. Like, at this point, there's no reason that they should have even been in the game. And then they were able to do what they were able to do in the second half. And I will say this. They started at the end of the second quarter being able to start to move the ball. Andy Reid started to figure out some things against their defense, and that really helped. Uh, but you know, you look at it and I mean, that game was just nuts. Uh, it, w- it went back and forth between both teams. San Francisco lost a ton of players to injury, uh, big names to injury. Debo Samuel came back and played, but you know, Dre Green, Dre Greenlaw going out was a huge loss for the Niners and George Kittle missed some time. I, I mean, 
the, uh, John Feliciano, their starting right guard, I believe. I mean, it was just, you know, injury after injury after injury for the 49ers. They almost overcome it. They almost were able to overcome it. Uh, but Kansas City, you know, what do you have to say? It's Patrick Mahomes, like fourth down and one in, the, in an overtime, and you're sitting there going, they can't possibly run the ball. You saw what happened on third and one. <laughs> so you're sitting there going, okay, so they have to throw it, and they have to throw it with the team that has struggled with drops the entire season has to throw it on fourth and one. Not the greatest thing that you want to be thinking about right then. Yeah, and I know there had been plenty of late game fails for the Chiefs during the regular yep. season. Now, they had tightened up during the playoffs in that regard. But, Chris, was, was there a turning point for you in this game where, again, 40, the Chiefs in the first half it was looking a little dicey? But then I think special teams was a huge factor where the Chiefs just had such an advantage. I mean, Jake Moody misses the extra point, and you know, that was blocked. You have the, the fumble where the ball on a punt hits a 49ers player. The Chiefs recover and then obviously score quick. With MBS, how big of an advantage the special teams with the Chiefs, especially considering Harrison Butker cool. broke the field goal record in the Super Bowl that Jake Moody <laughs> set a couple minutes earlier. Right. 57 yards, and it probably would not have been good from 59. Uh, but I did see somebody say that he made one from 69 yards before the game started. So he had the leg, but the snap was bad, so the kick didn't get off the way he wanted it to. Uh, you know, that guy's got a humongous leg. I mean, you go watch what he does on kickoffs. He hit the crossbar on the kickoff. Uh, on on I don't know if it was on the ensuing kickoff or just a, a kickoff shortly after that, but it was it was ridiculous. He does it every single. It seems like every single game he hits the crossbar or puts it through the uprights. I mean that's even more ludicrous. Uh, you know you watch this game and I think the turning point was really the turnover that 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 Ray Ray and McLeod had, and it wasn't a certain. I know it wasn't his fault because he did what he had to do. Uh, hit his player. He has to go get the ball. I didn't see that on first watch. So that was a little surprising to me. And then they go show the replay. He has to try to cover that ball. Uh, so he made the right play. He just wasn't able to bring it in. And Kansas City went for the throw right away. I mean, first play right afterwards. And who catches the first touchdown for the Chiefs? Uh, guarantee you, I would have been money, betting money on MVS. There's no way. It got, it's been a story all season for the Chiefs of unsung heroes stepping up here. Obviously, MVS was the guy who sealed the AFC Championship against Baltimore just a few weeks ago with that long completion. But how do you think the defense was able to do against San Francisco? Brock Purdy goes 23 of 38 for 255, only one touchdown. I mean, one of the 49ers' touchdowns was on that trickeration play from Jawan Jennings to Christian McCaffrey. The defense kept the Chiefs in this game while the offense sputtered Absolutely. early, and then the offense took it home at the end. Well, and I will. I just want to point this out. The bigger thing to me wasn't the um, wasn't that they they held him to that many. It was that they held Christian McCaffrey to what sixty yards running. I mean, maybe seventy yards somewhere somewhere in there. I mean, it was just ridiculous uh, when you look at what McCaffrey had at the end of the day. I mean, it seemed like he was running the ball and they were consistently getting five or six yards a game, uh, but they were able to stop him when it mattered, and that's all that really matters. I mean, they they got it done. Uh, when it mattered at that point and keeping him to keeping him under 100 yards that's what I said in the game I said if he, he gets 75 yards or so pretty much exactly what happened yeah and to me I think it's uh, with the other guys stepping up you, you talk about guys like Nicole Hardman who obviously had two huge plays in this game a deep shot and then the touchdown to win it Justin Watson had a couple plays or she rice uh, Travis Kelsey was the leader here nine receptions from 93 yards Chris we did see an altercation well I say altercation between him and Andy Reid on the sideline early in this game was that anything to you and were you worried that you know the Chiefs were getting too frustrated at that point 
I think that Kelsey was pissed off because he he wanted to be on the field at that time. And really quick, McCaffrey had 80 yards. I apologize. 22 carries, 80 yards, uh, under five yards a carry. Uh, that is fantastic for the player that he is and for this chief defense who's struggled against the run all season long. Uh, the, the deal with Travis Kelsey was Pacheco fumbled the ball when he came out. The guy that was blocking the guy that forced the fumble would have been the guy that Travis Kelsey was blocking. If he would have been in on that play – he felt like he wasn't going to be – he would not have let the guy get the fumble so or you know, force the fumble. So I get it. I mean, you hate to see it because it is a situation where you don't want to see one of your players going at the head coach, especially somebody that you know has a great relationship with Reed. But I'm sure that they're past it and it's not going to be an issue. I'm sure there's probably going to be words about it later, but uh, it's – I don't think they're going to care. And Kelsey made it very clear he's back for next year trying to get a three-peat. Yeah, very, very clear. He, he was fired up on, on that podium when the Lombardi was being presented there. Now, with Pastor Mahomes, I mean, we, we have to talk about him, Chris. 34-46, 333, two touchdowns with the interception there as well. I, the, the late game execution, the, the late down execution, him on fourth down, that big run to pick up a first in overtime, I mean – what did you see out of him? I mean, we see, we've seen everything from Pastor Mahomes, right? You've seen everything. But what was this performance as you were watching it to you in terms of his all-time up there for you? One of my favorite guys that I ever got the the opportunity to actually talk to was uh, Therese Paler. And one of the things he – one of his favorite talks uh, – he passed away a couple of years ago before the Chiefs went to the Super Bowl against the uh, Buccaneers. But one of the things he always talked about with Patrick was that Patrick had moments where it was – an over my dead body type game. And that's exactly what this was. Mahomes just looked at it and said, okay, over my dead body, am I going to lose the Super Bowl? And he just went out there and took over and did exactly what needed to be done. I mean, you know, the fourth down run, I mean, that was great. But then a couple of plays later, and maybe even the next play, he runs for what, 15, 20 yards? It just out, out of nowhere. And I mean, he's still, and this is the crazy thing to me, he is the Chiefs postseason rushing leader in their history <laughs> that is incredible pacheco oh, was only like 10 yards behind him but he beat pacheco by seven yards in this game so he's still <laughs> outrushing pacheco in postseason history in the chiefs for the chiefs I, to me you know he, he does so much for them and he has done so much and now we're talking about a three-time super bowl champion in, in patrick mahomes yeah. Now, I know that Kelsey wants three Pete. They're going for it. But I think now we can start the, the, the D word, Chris, Dynasty. We've been kind of well, soft, soft launching it throughout the course of the year here. And I think we all knew we'd be talking about it if they got to this moment. What does it mean for the Dynasty here? I know everybody's talking about that Patriots team and what Belichick and Brady did. But what, what can you say about Mahomes and, and Reed and what they've done? If you go look at what Nick Wright talked about, Mahomes is actually ahead of Tom Brady's pace. Uh, four Super Bowls in five years, uh, they win, you know, <laughs> they win three of them. Uh, I mean, that's just, it's unheard of. And so you're in a situation where you got a guy that is going back to back to back or going, you know, back to back after winning one a couple of years ago against the same Niners team. Uh, and you're looking at a situation where there were so many things that went wrong for this Chiefs offense this year. Uh, I would be scared if I was the NFL. And I know this is going to sound cocky. I would be scared if I was the NFL because – Kansas City is going to make adjustments at wide receiver. They're going to get better at that position. And Mahomes has the ability to give them enough money to sign Chris Jones and LeJarrius Sneed and bring back whoever they need to and maybe go out and get a number one wide receiver before they even get to the draft. This is going to be a team that is going to be poised to repeat again 
next year. Congratulations to the Chiefs. They earned it, and they're a team that now we have to talk about them as a dynasty. I think there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. For more on Chris's work, check him out over at the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of Locked On Packets Network, your team every day. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll take the other perspective here and talk with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers about San Francisco's loss. Stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on the show. First, this show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And if you want to play a lot of some of Prize Picks' favorite players, they're Rap Meet, Link, Me, and Andrew Schultz. You can now find the community plays on the promos tab of the app to view and just some of the biggest names of the Prize Picks community. Each week, they have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types. That's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Obviously, no more football, but I'm a big Denver Nuggets fan. So looking at basketball, it's very safe to pick Nikola Jokic and pick him to go for more than anything he has over on Price Picks. Go to PricePicks.com slash LockdownNFL and use code LockdownNFL for a first boss match up to $100. Again, that's PricePicks.com slash LockdownNFL. Use code LockdownNFL for a first boss match up to $100. Price Picks, pick more, pick less. Is that easy? We're back our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostrich is still here talking with you. The day after the Super Bowl, Kansas City beat San Francisco in Super Bowl 58, 25-22 in overtime. We talked with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs about the winning side. When I get the losing side's perspective, Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers joins us to talk about everything that went wrong with San Francisco and how San Francisco can get back here next year. Let's talk with Brian now. The San Francisco 49ers on the losing side of the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs again. This time 25-22 to in overtime. Kansas City pulls it out with a game-winning touchdown right before hitting double overtime. Brian Peacock at Locked On 49ers here with me to break down everything from the 49ers side of things here. Brian, seemed like the Chiefs were kind of lucky in the first half to be as close as they were. It felt like that was a 49ers half, and then the Chiefs come out in the second half, and they... They get the job done, send the game to overtime. Some special teams mistakes end up getting the Chiefs the ball in good positions and taking some points off the board for San Francisco. What do you chalk it up to as to why San Francisco couldn't get the job done here? I mean, you led with it. and It was the story of the game. The 49ers should have been up, what, 14-0 after the first quarter, and it was a 0-0 score. And I know that... And Patrick Mahomes is great and not taking anything away from him. But the the easy storyline is uh, Patrick Mahomes goes and wins. Uh, you know, he's the greatest of all time, and he goes and wins the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. But the story is that the 49ers allowed the Chiefs to hang around and gave Patrick Mahomes, that quarterback who is great, a chance after chance after chance after chance. And eventually, yeah, he did beat him in overtime, but it should have never come to that. The 49ers should have been up so big. They were dominating that game up front, and they shot themselves in the foot multiple times, and it was their star players that did it. Christian McCaffrey fumble and Trent Williams with a couple of gaffes on the second drive. You come away with zero points on both of those drives, and then um, you know a muffed punt and a, a blocked extra point, and this thing was tied, right? So one point is all it would have taken for the 49ers to not – be tied going into overtime. And eventually you give Patrick Mahomes that many chances. And yeah, he's going to make a play. But uh, to me, Patrick Mahomes going and winning the Super Bowl wasn't the story of the game. It was the 49ers allowing the Chiefs to hang around. And it started with the first drive of the game. And I saw 
on social media, Brian, and Tony Romo talked about it a bit too. So, some of the play calling that was going on for the 49ers, and you heard Romo on the broadcast saying, run the ball here, run the ball here, run the ball here. And I, the Chiefs did a decent job of shutting down Christian McCaffrey for the most part, 3.6 yards per carry and 3.5 as a team as a whole for San Francisco. But what's your assessment of what Kyle Shanahan and the offense did, particularly with the play call? And, and that's why my my biggest key, and I talked about it all week on Locked On 49ers, the biggest key to the game was that chess match between Kyle Shanahan and uh, Steve Spagnuolo. I, I think they're the best offensive and defensive coordinators in the NFL. And uh, Steve Spagnuolo got one over on Kyle Shanahan four years ago in the Super Bowl, and he might have done it again. And, uh, and, and it comes down to when Steve Spagnuolo is so good at making you do what he wants you to do as an offensive coordinator, using your rules against you. So uh, it, Steve Spagnuolo knows that up front he's getting killed. And so his strength is in his secondary. So what does he want you to do? He wants you to throw the ball because he believes that his guys can lock your guys up. So what are you going to do? You're going to show a look that makes you do a box count and say, I'm going to, I'm going to call a pass play here because I'd be crazy not to, because that's what I should do against this look. And what if speeds, what does Steve Spagnola do? He says, well, look, I know you're going to do that because I planned on making you do that. And so I'm going to go, give you the look that I want to give you because I know I made you do the thing I wanted you to do. And I believe in my guys on the back end. And then we're going to give you some pressure looks and we're going to get out of here and we're, and we're going to get the ball back again. Whereas even if you were only averaging 3.6 yards per carry, it might still behoove you to run into a heavy box. If you're the 49ers and they didn't do it in 2019, January or February of 2020 Super Bowl, And uh, they got into that a little bit again in this one. And I think you do have to chalk one up to Steve Spagnuolo once again. But but again, I, I don't want to reduce anything to Kyle Shanahan got out coached. Brock Purdy got outplayed at quarterback because Patrick Mahomes is so much greater than him. That's why the 49ers lost. It's not why the 49ers lost. The 49ers lost because Christian McCaffrey fumbled on the first drive because they they gave up opportunities to score and put the Chiefs away early. And when you let those guys hang around, you're going to lose the game. And it would have happened against lesser quarterbacks and lesser coordinators if you do those types of things and that's what happened in this game unfortunately for the 49ers even though i think they were the best team out there on the field and we're the better better team for most of the what almost 70 minutes of play right and i, I know exactly what you're talking about with steve spagnolo because he did it just a couple weeks ago to the ravens and he was like hey don't that was what i was preaching all week long hey kyle don't do the things that the, the don't do the thing the ravens did where they only ran the ball six times or whatever it was all game long right like you're playing into their hands and look chalk it up steve steve spagnol is really good really good at what he does and at a certain point you have to take the game into your own hands play your game and don't let the other team dictate what you're doing and kyle shanahan is normally so good at that. He uses the defense's rules against them because he knows what you're going to do. And that's what makes Steve Spagnuolo so great as a defense coordinator as well. Yeah, in incredible. And you mentioned Brock Purdy there, Brian. It's 49ers threw the ball a lot, 38 times here. Mahomes actually threw 46. But 23 of 38 for Brock Purdy, 255, had the one touchdown. Jawan Jennings also got on the board with a passing touchdown on yep. his own to Christian McCaffrey there. But how would you assess what, how Brock performed? Because I think he made some good throws, had some scrambles, but there were some overthrows, overthrew a touchdown to Debo Samuel. What what grade would you give Brock? I thought Brock was fine. I mean, Brock was good. He didn't turn the ball over. Uh, if you showed me that box score before the game, I said, yep, that's the box score the 49ers win the game with. He completed uh, a good percentage of his passes, 255 yards, no interceptions, one touchdown. You look at the other side, 
Patrick Mahomes did have an interception, be like, yeah, there we go. 49ers win the Super Bowl, right? Nope, that's not what happened in this game. So, look, Brock could have been better. He missed a couple plays. Um, but, again, I, I think there wasn't as many guys open when you go back and watch that tape as you might expect. So it's it's really, really hard for me. And uh, my co-host, Eric Crocker, Locked on 49ers, we went back and forth a little bit post-game on that. Uh, I think Brock Purdy's one of the last guys you're going to point your finger at is why the 49ers lost this game. Yeah, I mean, and that Chiefs secondary is up there with one of the best, if not the best in the league, with all McDuffie and Edwards and Justin Reed and all those guys. Jerry Sneed, obviously, too. But then you look at the defensive side of LaVal Bryan, and the 49ers, they had to deal with a very costly injury very early in this game with Dre Greenlaw going out. Freak, one of the freakiest injuries I've seen in a long time with him running onto the field. It's not confirmed, confirmed yet, but it's all but confirmed as an Achilles injury. That's a big loss for San Francisco, especially in the middle, or at least towards the beginning of the biggest game of their year with how good he's been. How did the 49ers respond to that and just how big of a loss was it for? I could feel Dre Greenlaw's presence from the first snap of the game. The guy's a maniac and he plays with so much energy. And uh, maybe that was a little bit deflating for the defense for him to go out of the game. So early and, you know, non-contact injury, just running on the field and has the Achilles injury. They, they're pretty sure it's an Achilles. You don't come back in the game. I think that's a pretty clear sign that this could be a, you know, a bad Achilles injury. If it's a torn Achilles, that's going to take him out of, you know, who knows, maybe training camp, six, seven, eight months, probably at the minimum for him. So uh, that could impact his 2024 season as well. And, and uh, I mean, he's he's a guy that, uh, that that 49ers players really rally around. He's a really good player in the NFL, probably somewhat underrated, uh, can run and hit and uh, and cover so much ground on defense, and he's a high-energy player, and the 49ers feed off that as well. And uh, the defense played so well, and they were ridiculously good early in the game when he was on the field, and I don't want to say that he's a big reason why they lost the game or anything like that, but I, th- I think they did feel his loss in the second half for sure. Yeah, and – the 49ers have been so close now these two years that they've played the Chiefs and lost in the Super Bowl. What's the offseason checklist for San Francisco and how can they ensure at least give themselves the best chance to get back here next year? Yeah, so you go poke around, see if Patrick Mahomes available. Uh, if he's not, then maybe you probably start at right tackle. Uh, I do think the 49ers have some work to do on both lines and they they always want to be strong there. Um, Colton, Colton McKivitz, I think it was kind of a one-year stopgap starter after losing Mike McGlinchey in free agency. And the 49ers have a, a late first-round pick. It's a really good offensive tackle class. I think they might look there in the draft to find their uh, right tackle of the future, who who knows might in, eventually have to flip over to left tackle when Trent Williams decides to hang it up. Hopefully that's not this offseason. Uh, Chase Young's a free agent who they traded for. And uh, I don't believe they will – he had played a really good game and he was motivated here and, you know, motivation has kind of been a problem for him. Uh, you know, maybe if he's back on the cheap, I, I don't see them spending a lot of money on bringing him back. So uh, that's still a need and, and they love to spend money on the defensive line. So that's always a place that the 49ers are going to go, but it, it's a bleak situation for the 49ers. When you look at rebuilding and retooling, because this was a great shot, they were a good football team top to bottom. And you start looking around like, what are they going to get better running back play? No, going to get better receivers? Probably not. You're not going to probably get a better quarterback. You're not going to change at all. You hope that Brock Purdy maybe just develops a little bit more. And, you know, it was in his second full season as a starter. You would think he might be a little bit better, but he's not all of a sudden going to walk into training camp six, five and, and uh, have a laser show of an arm either. So 
um, it, it's hard to envision how much better the 49ers are going to be because their team is already so good, and this was a really good chance for them to go win the Super Bowl, and they fell a little bit short. Rough way for the 49ers season to end. For more on Brian's work, check him out over the Lockdown 49ers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up with the final part of the show, I'll be taking you home. We're going to be talking about the biggest 2024 offseason storylines, AFC teams, NFC teams, whole lot coming up here on Lockdown NFL. First, this show was sponsored by DoorDash. And seriously, what a, what a Super Bowl that was. What a football game that was. But as usual, the commercials, they did steal the show a little bit in my book. DoorDash went all out for game day. And DoorDash stuff from all the ads, the one lucky winner, car snacks, even some tax software in there too. And somehow they pulled it off. I'm a little bummed I didn't win it, but I got to hand it to them. It was one heck of a delivery. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just even time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. Whatever watch party or anything party you've got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, a school year, and let's face it, winter as well. I can give a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. Hop on the app and make your day a little easier. You can get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your sad friends in San Francisco if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan, all on DoorDash. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. We're back rounding out Locked On NFL here. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you on this Monday. Really appreciate you tuning in and making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Be sure to subscribe to the channel if you're enjoying the content. If you're Locked On NFL every day or really appreciate you tuning into the show. If it's your first time in the channel, welcome in. First time in the show, welcome as well. And if you're somewhere in the middle, welcome back to the show. We're five days a week of NFL content, even in the offseason and we're going to be talking about 2024 offseason storylines now because we're going to be talking about it all offseason on Locked On NFL. I think this is going to be somewhat of a crazy offseason. I mean, just thinking about the big storyline here, which I think you got to give credit here to Kansas City. We talked with Chris Clark in the first segment about it, where the Chiefs are a dynasty now. Patrick Mahomes said it's the start of a dynasty. Travis Kelsey, very vocal about going for a three-peat next year, be their fourth Super Bowl title together. Who's going to stop Kansas City? I mean, what team in the AFC has a chance to dethrone them? Or in a Super Bowl, what NFC team can beat them? I mean, it's almost like when we were talking about the Patriots, where it's like it's the Patriots until it's not. And now it's the Chiefs until it's not, right? We had that conversation. So who is it going to be? And how can you build? Because Chris told us in the first part of the show that, oh, well, you know, Kansas City can maybe bring back Chris Jones on the Jerry Sneed and maybe add a, a big-time wide receiver, I mean, that's dangerous considering Kansas City's offense was not up to the snuff we had seen from them. So that's a big storyline for me. Obviously, we talked with Brian in the second segment about San Francisco and them still being the class of the NFC. But how is Dallas going to respond? How is Philadelphia going to bounce back? Is there an up-and-coming team that's going to maybe take the league by storm? Is, is Seattle that team? Or you, you may be looking at another team that could come in the NFC South that could be something that South division has been kind of iffy. Are the Falcons going to get a quarterback? Are they, so the NFC has a bunch of different storylines too. You also have the lions, right? The lions made the NFC championship game and they're a team that's buzzing with potential. And then we saw so many quarterback injuries this year, especially in the AFC. Joe Burrow goes down Deshaun Watson, although J Joe Flacco played better than Deshaun Watson did, but still, you know, Justin Herbert goes down. The list goes on and on and on. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo and, there were so many injuries at the quarterback position where you just kind of wonder, 
right? About, well, how are the Bengals going to bounce back? What's T Higgins going to do? The AFC North is going to be super, super competitive again, but then Jim Harbaugh coming to Los Angeles. How is that going to impact the Chargers in the AFC South? Houston with CJ Stroud. You have Anthony Richardson. That's another quarterback that got injured. Anthony Richardson coming back for the Colts. Trevor Lawrence and, and I think you look at Tennessee with Will Levis. That division is going to be really interesting. And then you look at maybe the quarterback carousel we're about to go through here. What happens with Russell Wilson? Does Kyler Murray go on the move? Kirk Cousins is a free agent. He's He got injured. Is he going to come back? And is it going to be with Minnesota on a one-year type of deal there? How was that going to look about some of these bigger-name quarterbacks that could be on the move? Obviously, you look towards free agency, and there are a lot of quality names that could be changing hands. And then, obviously, in the draft, what are the Bears going to do with that number one pick? Are they going to draft Caleb Williams? Are they going to trade Justin Fields? That that That's another huge situation and huge storyline out there. And for teams that are looking to fill out their rosters, especially with all these big-time quarterback contracts we've seen, even last offseason, right? Lamar Jackson gets his, Jalen Hurts gets his, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. So with those quarterback contracts, you have to start, if you're those teams, if you're Baltimore, Cincinnati, Philly, Los Angeles, the teams that already have quarterbacks on big contracts like that, the teams that have to decide on quarterbacks that could get a contract here. How are you going to hit on those late round picks, sign those veteran free agents? Those are really big ones to me. So many different ways to approach this offseason if you're talking about biggest storylines. And of course, we'll have all of that for you here on Locked On NFL as we continue. I mean, again, the season might be over, but we're doing five days a week consistently here on Locked On NFL. So be sure to subscribe and follow along in YouTube and audio form. It's the same show, both audio and video. That's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thanks so much for tuning in. Come up tomorrow, more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On NFL.